Well, good morning, church. Boy, we hot today. Um, my name is Jeremy Lindsay. I'm the campus pastor here at Connection Church in Midland. If you didn't know that, um, if you're new here, um, I'm the campus pastor. So um, I tell you, it's exciting to me to see um, all you guys and, and just, just what God's been doing in you. I've heard, you know, a lot of you guys have heard me say this a lot, but I just can't say it enough. How I love being a part of the Connection Church because so often we get tunnel vision, right? We begin to get tunnel vision and things become to be just about us or just about our community. And, and if we're not careful, it's, it's just about us. What I love about being about Connection Church is that I look around and I got other campuses doing the same thing we're doing. And we're a part of a movement, not just a part of just one little church. And what I love about that is that last week, um, our Pooler campus, uh, new, new campus, they're actually fixing to start having services in January. They already got eight connect groups, guys. Eight connect groups. They haven't even started service yet. They got eight connect groups. Man, that gets me jacked up because that's eight people. I mean, that's probably 80 people, if not more. It's like my connect group is probably 800 people, but it's like 80 people. And so, I mean, that, that's exciting. Before it even started the first service, there's that many people saying, I want to reach my community for Jesus. That's exciting to me. Anybody else get excited about that? Amen. All right, all right. Let's, let's just give God a hand clap. Amen. And I know, I know we always talk about other people. Let me, tell you, let me tell you what I'm thankful for this year. One of the greatest blessings that I think me as a pastor I'm thankful for is I'm thankful for you guys. And I was getting looking at some numbers this past week, looking at things, and, you know, you Week in and week out of the pastor, you wonder if the people are getting it. And, and you wonder if, if, if people are really growing. You just wonder. It's easy to make a profession of faith. It's another thing to walk in it, right? And, and, and so I wonder about that. And I begin to look at numbers. And guess what? We have about, a, about 110, 115 people for heart and soul that, that said, I'm heart and soul with Connection Church. We have about 78, almost, almost 80% of those people serving in a capacity every week. To serve, you got to want it. Amen? Amen. Some, some people's like, yeah, serving orange, I really got to want it. But, I mean, to serve, you really got to want it. And, and so, man, I'm just excited to see how much you guys love Christ because you want to, you want to be doers of the word, not just hearers. We got 80% of, of you guys that are come through heart and soul. Y'all are in a connect group, which is saying, I want to grow. I want to know Jesus on a deeper level. Man, that gets me jacked up as a pastor. I didn't even know those numbers until this past week. And I was like, if y'all would, would have been around me then, it would have been something. But I was just jacked more than I am now. And you know what? Above all our campuses, you guys in little old Millen is some of the most generous. Some of the most generous. You got a big heart. And you know what? I just I, I want to multiply you guys. That's the thing. We're supposed, that's what we're supposed to be a church that multiplies, Right? And, if, man, if we could just, if you could, if each one of you in this room could get, could get somebody and say, I'm going to disciple you, we'd grow by double next year. Not about numbers, about reaching people that get it, and you guys are getting it. That it gets me, that, man, it gets me excited. And I just want to tell you guys from the bottom of my heart, thank you for loving Jesus enough to sacrifice the things you sacrificed for. You know, because that's what we're here for, right? To be the church, not go to church. So I just want to challenge you to the next, next year, find somebody that you can, you can disciple, that you can pour into what's been poured into you. Because I know those, have been, those that realize they've been, given, been forgiven much, they give much. Amen? You know, and so many people in this world, I'm just telling you, they, they live their lives, whole lives, knowing about Jesus, but they truly don't know Jesus. You know, and that's why this series is so important to me. How do I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Because there's so many people that miss the whole point. They go to church every week, but they miss the point. The point ain't church. The point is being the church. The point ain't just going talking about Jesus. It's loving Jesus and walking with him every day. Amen? And so, guys, I'm just, that, that's why this gets me so jacked up. Because if it was for Jesus, there would be a separation there where we couldn't talk to God. And because that Jesus came and he bridged that gap so that we could have communion with God, we could, we could talk with him every single day, who wouldn't want to have a relationship with the God that created you? 
you know? And it's, it's, to me, it's like we can know what to do, but it's another thing to do it. You know what I'm saying? Knowing what to do isn't enough. It's activating our faith and walking in it. And a lot of people, they raise their hand for salvation. They, they, they get baptized, and it's like, all right, Bo, what's next? And they think that it's just going to, going to church. And they see a lot of people that's been to church going through the motions, so they just fall in line instead of really pursuing God and knowing that there's more to this than just showing up. And once you truly taste and see that the Lord is good, it's addictive. Amen? And so that's in my heart. James 2.14 says that what good is it to say you have faith, but you do not show it in your actions? And having a true relationship with Jesus Christ, it shows in your actions. Amen? I love my wife. I show that in my actions everywhere I go. I ain't afraid to kiss my wife in public. Some of y'all are. I don't know why, but some of y'all are. That was a joke. You can smile. But, but who you love, you, you don't, you don't, you're, not, you're not afraid to show affection to that. And, and that's my heart and my cries for you guys is that you would not just come and listen to a sermon, but you would really hear from God this morning. You would check your heart and say, do I have that true personal relationship? And you would leave here a different person. Amen? Let's pray and get into God's word. Father God, we come to you right now thanking you so much for who you are, and I thank you. Lord, I thank you for this congregation. And Father, I just pray that you would just move in our hearts, move in our lives. And God, that you would help us, God, continue to walk this thing out every day. That we would be more intentional tomorrow than we were yesterday, God. So Father, speak to us. God, allow us to see things and hear from you in ways we never have before. Grow us, Lord, in areas that we've been lacking. God, show us areas that we need to repent. God, help us be your people so that when we get outside these four walls, the people in this community and the communities that we live in will know that you are our God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, so to answer the question to the series is how do I have a personal relationship with Jesus? How do I have a personal relationship with Jesus? And over the last three weeks, Dallas has been breaking that down for you. Really, he's been screaming it at you, but he's been breaking it down for you. Of how do I have a, he said, you know, what a relationship looks like, what prayer looks like, how, how do you have a, a time with prayer, how do I hear from God? If you missed those, ser- you missed those sermons, listen to them on the podcast. But you know, hearing from God, that's a, man, that's a huge thing, right? Hearing from God and doing what he says, but when you hear from God, what's next? It's obedience, right? You got to hear from God, then you got to obey God. But see, there's something in the middle that we all miss, and that we think is insignificant, but it is huge. It's in between hearing from God and obeying God. There's this thing in the middle where we have to adjust ourselves. There's an adjustment in our lives that we have to make. And that's the thing that so many of us struggle with is the adjustment. How many of us truly adjust our lives to God's word? Adjust our lives to what God says. A life of a Christian is filled with adjustment. And to be a disciple of Jesus Christ is only through adjusting. You can't stay where you are and go with God. Amen? Y'all going to hear that a lot today, but you can't do it. And when people say, well, I've been this way my whole life. I don't like to change. It makes me cringe because you can't know Jesus and not change. And some people are like, well, I did change. I started going to church. That's not enough. Jesus don't want a piece of your heart. He wants your whole heart. Amen? And so... Every day, all of us in this room, if we're pursuing Jesus, then we have, a, we have to make an adjustment, a difference in what I want and what God wants. We have to choose to adjust our lives to Jesus, to what God's called us to do. And nothing, nothing tells us that better than Luke 9. Luke 9, chapter, Luke chapter 9, verse 23. It's one of my most favorite verses. But I think it's one of those verses that we overlook the most. We just read it, and it's real hard, so we read it real fast, so we don't have to apply it to our lives. Y'all do that? Any of y'all do that? But like, mm, that was good. All right, let's go to Luke chapter 11. But Luke chapter 9, verse 23 says this. It says, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. Notice what he says here. He says, 
First thing, he says, whoever wants to be my disciple must first deny themselves. Deny themselves. Now, hold up now. You said that, you know, if I want to follow Jesus, raise my hand, but I got to deny myself? Hold up now. What? I got, I got to say no to things that I want to do? See, the first thing in following Christ is that I take back the control keys and I give them to God. Amen? Like, God, you're in control of my life. I want you to direct me and show me. See, notice what he says, that first you have to deny yourself. It causes, when you have to deny yourself, it causes yourself an internal crisis, or at least for me it does, okay? When I'm, when I'm walking with God every day, it, God puts people in my life that it's hard to love. Amen? Maybe it's just me. It's like, hold up, God. Hold up, hold up, hold up. All right. All my rights. I have the right to punch this man in the mouth. I have the right to because he's disrespected me. I had the right to. But I choose not to. I deny myself of that right and that privilege because that does not honor God. And it's an internal crisis that we have. You have to choose to refuse what you want to do in order to do what God wants you to do, what you know that God's word says to do. So that's the first part of adjustment is that internal crisis of, of, of like, I don't want to do this. But then he says, the next thing he says, then take up your cross and follow me. It's, it's, it's having that a crisis and then adjusting my life to follow where God wants me to go. That makes sense. That's every day. He says, if you want to be my disciple, you have to do this. Not just one time, but every time. Not just yesterday, but today. And so the life of a Christian is a life of adjustment every day, at least in my life. Because if I don't keep myself in check, I try to take control over my life. I try to be the, 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 the Lord of my own life instead of letting Jesus be Lord. I start choosing who I can love and who I can't. I start choosing what I want to do, what I don't want to do. Instead of saying, all right, God, I'm coming to you in this personal relationship. And Lord, it's what you, it's your will, not my will, what you want me to do today. Who do you want me to share the gospel with today? What do you want me to say today? And then when he says it, I have that, that oh my God moment because it takes me way out of my comfort zone. I have to adjust my life and to go in the direction, no matter how I feel. And it's every single day. See, and that adjustment thing is hard, right? Amen? It's hard for me anyway. And I, I, y'all looking at me like, you the preacher, you're supposed to have this map mastered. I done told y'all once, and I will tell you again, I ain't mastered this yet. And the only reason I'm up here is because I'm operating in my gifting. We all in this thing together, amen? So the, the, I want to tell you, we have to sacrifice what we want in order to have what Jesus wants for our lives. See, and there is, there's only a relationship when there's sacrifice and adjustment going on. Some of y'all need to write that down and put it on the refrigerator. But there's only a relationship when there's sacrifice and adjustment. That was the biggest adjustment period in my life, the first six months me and Serena was married. I mean, because I've been doing everything my way my whole life. And, and so everybody, don't raise your hand. This is going to be awkward, but don't raise your hand. But women need, a t need time, right? I didn't know that. Nobody gave me that marriage counseling advice and all that stuff. I've been living my life like I had my whole entire life. Me and Sabrina gets married. We get married in, in uh, we were going to say the wrong month. We get married in uh, June. We got all summer. It gets deer season. You know what Jeremy did in deer season? Jeremy hunted every day. About a month and a half of that, Jeremy had to almost go find somewhere else to live. And we had what you call one of them marital come to Jesus meetings. And my wife looks very sweet, but don't make her mad. And she was like, look here, I ain't seen you. I, don't even, I mean, I hadn't seen you at all. You just go to work, you eat, and you go hunting. That's all I know. We had to have, so there was no relationship. Oh, I thought there was. But on her end, she hadn't heard from me. She hadn't had any, any contact with me. And what, what I had to do, I had to start sacrificing what I wanted. I had to quit hunting as much. Man, that was hard. So what I, I, had, so I had always been, I'd always been, just I, I did everything I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And then I just had to start adjusting my life and asking my wife, baby, have we spend enough time together this week? You mind if I go hunting? And my, my, my brother was like, oh, you, you just whipped. You just whipped. Some of y'all are like, you ain't never been told nobody that. 
And now I get to tell him that. Man, it's so good. But it's the thing, it's like I had to adjust my life. But you know what the hardest thing to adjust was that I was worried about what all my buddies were going to think about. But yet I told my wife that I would love, honor, and cherish her to death to his part. And my actions wouldn't reflect the, com the commitment that I said I made. How many of us, our actions don't reflect the commitment we told Jesus? And it all comes in the adjustment process. You know, and I love this thing. In Judges chapter 6 is a, is a man that I love. His name's Gideon. Any of y'all know who Gideon is? We always throw off on Gideon about how just, just, he just didn't have no faith. If God, could look, if God wrote your story in this book, how good would you look, huh? <laughs> Not near as good as Gideon probably. But I love it in Judges chapter 6. You find a great, great example of what adjusting our lives looks like to God. In Judges chapter 6, starts in verse 11. It says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash, where his son Gideon was stretching wheat in the winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if it is the Lord, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hands of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength that you have. And save Israel out of the hands of, of Midian. I am I not sending you, he says. Pardon me, Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manassas. And I am the least of my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you. And you will strike down all the Midianites, living, leaving none alive. Gideon replied. If I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you I'm talking to. Please do not go away from here until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. And what I love about that story is here is Gideon. Here is Gideon, coward Gideon, hiding in the winepress threshold. He's hiding in a hole because he's scared to death somebody's going to get him. And he's, he's, a, he's a coward. He's scared to death. And then God comes and looks at him and says, hey, mighty warrior. I would have been like, who's behind me? You, talk, you talking to me? I, I love it because so many of us are like Gideon. God tells us to do something, and we're looking around like, you ain't talking to me, God, because there's no way I can do this. This is real talk this morning, okay? Can I be real with y'all? one of the hardest things anyone has to do is to hear God tell you to do something and then obey it. No matter. And it's, we paint the picture like, okay, it's going to be this big thing. Like, God's going to tell me to be a missionary in Uganda. I'm going to listen to that. If you won't listen to God telling you to get your attitude right with your neighbor and adjust your life in that area, you won't listen to God when he tells you to go to Uganda. God's called us to be people that are, they're listening to his voice. And see, what I love about this is it shows all kind of obstacles. God finds Gideon right there in the middle of, of just a moment where he's just minding his own business. And God speaks to him, tells him, and then all of a sudden, Gideon gives him all these excuses, all these obstacles to his faith. See, one of the biggest problems most of you in this room have in listening to God and adjusting your life is because you're looking at your life through your own eyes. And there's all these different things. You see, you got all these excuses. I love what God did. He gave God all these excuses. He didn't even pay him no attention. He didn't give him no attention. He just went right on and told him, well, you're going to do this. See, we can, if God wants you to do something, we can complain all we want to. But how we respond shows how much we love God. And God didn't pay him any attention. He kept on going, and, and, and Gideon responded and started following what God said do. See, Gideon found himself in a place where he was afraid. He felt like he was unworthy. He was living by his own sight. Gideon's view of himself 
was a lot different than God's view. Gideon's like, man, what you talking about? I'm the least of my tribe. I mean, I, I'm, I'm in here hiding. And you talk, you calling me mighty warrior? What, what, what you talking about? See, there's a lot of people in this room right now that, that you don't think you can do what God's called you to do. You don't think that you can be this leader that God's called you to lead in. You don't think that God, God can tell you to, to work at this job and what you're working at. He, he, there's all these different things that, that you're, you're in right now that you don't think you're equipped for. Let me tell you something. That's the people God uses. When you realize that you are worthless and you can't do nothing to add to the kingdom of God, God you're right there in the will of God. God. I've never seen God use an arrogant and prideful person. I've never seen that. Truly use them. Because when you're arrogant and you're prideful, it's all about you. You tell people, you know, if I was you, I'd want to be me too. You got an attitude about yourself. But see, when you realize that, that you know what, apart from God, look, I'm, he was afraid. He was real. He said, God, I'm, I'm, I'm worthless. And God's like, you're the one I'm going to use. See, there's all kinds of obstacles that all of us give God. All kind of excuses. We say, God, I, 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 can't, I can't speak well. I can't do this. I can't say that. I can't. I remember when God called me to pass, be a preacher, I said, God, I'm like Moses. I can't talk in front of people. I mean, you heard what happened when I tried to do the announcements. I about threw up. I about threw up. How, how can I? I give him all these excuses. He wouldn't pay me no attention. He just kept pressing and kept pressing and kept pressing. And I had to change my whole life. My whole way of thinking, my everything, to go in the direction God was leading me. See, it's one thing to hear what God says, but it's another thing to do what he says. And what you do, how you respond, shows what you believe about God, church. How you respond shows what you believe. See, so many of us are looking at situations right now, and we don't think that we can, we can do this, we can do that. I, there's a person in my life right now that they were like, I don't feel like I have anything to offer. We were talking the other night, and they said, you know, I don't feel like I, could, I can offer anybody anything. Everybody I've tried to have a relationship with, they've kind of just treated me like I didn't matter. How can I invest in somebody else's life when nobody feels, I feel like nobody thinks that I'm worthy enough to invest in their life? And I was like... I'm glad you said that because when you realize that you have nothing to offer, that's when God's going to use you the most. You know what happened two weeks later? Her, her phone rang and somebody called and was like, hey, I've been thinking and you mind if me and you meet and we start doing discipleship together. The person called me on the phone and was like, I can't, I can't do this. I don't know how. I don't, I don't know what to do. You need, you, need, you need to call them for me and tell them I can't do it. I was like, uh-uh, you've been this on your own. They stepped out of their comfort zone. It was an adjustment God was trying to make in their life to show them they could do it. They started sitting down and discipling. This little person, three weeks into it, last Friday, I talked to that person. And they was like, you know what? I'm, th I'm so thankful that God led me to do this because I finally feel like I got something to offer now. And it was only through that crisis that she chose to obey God to where now she feels like she's walking in where God wants her to walk. How many of us just miss the point in which God has created us because we're so worried about ourselves and our own circumstances? We're worried about what other people are going to think about us. We won't share the gospel with someone at work that God's put in our path because we're worried about all this other stuff that don't matter. Church, God's called us to be a people that love him, but also that adjust our lives to go in the direction he's called us to go in. Amen? See, Gideon saw himself as a coward and insignificant, and God saw him as a mighty warrior. See, there's a lot of you in here that, that you see yourself as insignificant. You have nothing to offer, but God sees you as a great tool to proclaim the gospel to people that feel the exact same way that you do. We need to embrace that. You can't stay where you are and go with God. You have to adjust your life so that you can go where he's leading. See, the second thing I love about Gideon in this is that, that when he had to make this adjustment in his life, 
that God always asks you to do more than you're ready for. Any of y'all can testify to that? He always asks you to do more than you're ready for. Gideon said, man, I don't know nothing about fighting. I'm in this blind press hiding, and you want me to, you're telling me I'm going to be this great warrior? How can I get there? See, God, God had a vision for his life before Gideon even knew what that vision looked like. God's got a vision for all of your lives in this room. But the only way you're going to accomplish that is you're, you're not looking at the situation with your own eyes, and you're looking at it with the eyes of God. And you're going to him and saying, you know what, Lord, I don't know what this looks like. I don't know how I'm going to accomplish this task. But you know what? You're faithful, you're good, and I'm going to listen to you, and I'm going to adjust whatever needs to happen in my life to accomplish the task in which you laid in front of me. Whatever it takes, I'm going to do it because I know that that's what you've called me to do. Anytime God leads you to do something that's God-sized dimension, it's huge. There's always a crisis of belief that happens. There's a crisis. And at that point, it reveals what you believe about God. I mean, when a crisis of belief happens, one of the things that God calls you to do something, you realize that you can't do it on your own. You can't do it. And if God doesn't help you, you'll fail. This is the crisis of belief. How many of you have been to that point? You know, it's like, God, if you don't come through, this thing's going to fall flat. And, and, and inside, you're, you're a wreck because you don't know. There's doubt like, oh, God, did I, did I make the right decision? Oh, God, if you don't do this, you don't know if you should take that next step because you're worried what other people, everybody's going to think that you're a failure if you do fail. You got all this stuff in your head. And God's saying, don't worry about the details. You just be obedient right here where you are. See, a lot of this is when we're in this crisis, we got to believe. We have to decide whether you believe what God's word is true or where it's not. At this point, many people decide not to follow on, and they don't take their next step. They get hung up right here. Many people get hung up right there. God's told me to do this, but if I had a dollar for every conversation I had, I could build the biggest church in the United States in Jenkins County. God's told me to do this, but, but, and the buts are always doubt. The buts are always insecurities. The buts are always things that they're dealing with. They're not taking up their cross. They're not taking up that doubt and saying, you know what, Jesus, I don't know what I can do. I don't know if I'm supposed to do this. I don't know where I'm going in this. But, God, you are faithful. You said that you began a good work. You will, you will see it to completion. They're not, they're not claiming the word of God. They're just going how they feel. And if you go in the direction that you feel, you're going to go in the wrong way 90% of the time. God's called us to be a people that are adjusting our lives and going in the direction that he's called us to be. And that's hard. Because it's, most of the time, it's totally against everything we feel. Did nothing make sense to plant a church in my hometown? Nothing. But God said. And then as, as more and more people began to say, that's stupid. Why would you do that? Why would you do this? More, more people would criticize, the more I would doubt what I heard from God. I thank God I wrote it down in my prayer journal the day he spoke to me about it because I go back to that moment just about every other day saying, but God, but God. Church, I'm telling you, Satan will whisper all these things in your ear to try to get you off the path, but you've got to stay focused on God, amen? And keep adjusting your life to going in the direction he's called you to. See, when this crisis of belief happens, the only way you're going to get through this is that, number one, you can't forget what God's already done. You got to go back to the victories of the past. Amen? You got to go back to those moments and say, I saw God do this. I know God did that in my life. I know these things have happened. And to make sure you have the courage to continue on. That's why you went through those things before. So that you would have courage for the moment you're in right now. See, a lot of times we don't, we don't embrace the process. Amen? We want to get over here. But we, don't want to, we don't want to walk through the hell it takes to get over here. But see, the thing is, is, there's a process that God's got in all of our lives is to get to the destination he wants you to be in. And sometimes we got to stop complaining and start embracing the process that we're in right now. Amen? And it might be hard right now. It might not, seem be, it might not be fun at all, but we got to embrace it and say, God, I'm in here for a reason. You're using this for a reason, and I'm going in this direction. I'm going to adjust my attitude. 
I'm going to adjust my mindset. I'm going to adjust my mouth. I'm going to adjust all these things. I might even have to adjust my time. I'm going to adjust everything so that I'm staying true to where you're calling me. See, when we're in a crisis of belief, a lot of times we doubt. We doubt based God on what we think our abilities are. How many of us have doubted God that we could do something because we're looking at what we can do right now? I don't know how many times I've told God no based on what I knew. Amen? Like, God, there's no way I could do this, this, and this because I, can, I, I, I can't do this. When I told God no about preaching, I told, him God, I told God no at least 10 times about preaching. And I kept saying, God, I can't do it. 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 And he wouldn't leave me alone. And some of you have heard this story before, but let me tell you what. It's just, it's just one, of those, one of those monumental times in my walk with God is I, I finally surrendered. And I said, all right, God. I was like Gideon. I, throw some, I said, Lord, all right, if you want me to preach, then you, number one, you got to make it right with my wife because she ain't digging this at all. Number two, you got to give me to the ability. And number three, you got to tell me what to say because I have no idea how to preach. Well, he knocked number one out of the way in about two weeks of that. And I was like, all right. That was the biggest hurdle, I thought. Somebody called, asked me when I come preach. All right, this is getting a little more real. So Brandon and I rolled up to the, to the church. So Brandon was like, you ready for this? I was like, nope. She was like, you better, because you, if not, you're going to make a fool out of both of us. I'm talking about encouragement. <laughs> All right, we sat there, hold hands. And I got convicted of that this morning. When I first started preaching, Every Sunday morning, me and Sabrina would hold hands and say, Lord God, speak to these people. Because there's no way that I can say anything that's going to influence these people. And God changed them. Every, and you know what? The more I preach, the less me and her pray that. Because I put more emphasis on myself than I am on God. But we sat down and prayed that Sunday. I was as nervous as I could be, but I was, man, I was hiding it good because I didn't want her to know. Because she would have left me right there and went home. I walked up in that pulpit, all the way walking up there. I felt like I was going to pass out. I laid my Bible on the pulpit, and I turned around, and it all went away, just like that. And it was like God saying, I got you. I got you. I would have never experience that peace if I had not been obedient. And there's a lot of us that don't have peace right now. We're walking in something and we don't have peace right now because he's wanting you to prove your obedience to him. If you want that peace, then you got to keep walking. You got to keep adjusting. You got to keep your eyes on him so you can experience that peace. Amen? And that's what I'm telling you today, church, is the adjustment process. Sometimes it's long and sometimes painful, but let me tell you, it's well worth it. And God's got you in this season for a reason. Because he's always preparing you for something you ain't ready for. He's doing that to me all the time. It's like, you're the pastor. How can there be something you aren't ready for? You, you come hang out with me for a week. I'll let you know. I'll show you. When somebody calls you at, at, at 8 o'clock at night, and it's like, I don't know if I can make it anymore. I'm really thinking about committing suicide. You know what I have to do? Oh, God, what do I say to these people? Guys, I'm telling you. If we depend on our own knowledge, we will never experience what God has wanted wants us to experience. We have to realize he's calling us to more. One of the biggest obstacles in, this faith, in our faith, in our walk with God is us. My biggest problem ain't you or your opinion. It's me and what I allow your opinion to affect what I think about myself. See, my, my, I'm my biggest enemy. You, your biggest enemy. We sit there and we throw off on Satan. Satan has no power over you. He can tempt you, but you choose to listen. You are your biggest enemy. I am my biggest enemy. See, and my ready and God's ready is always not the same. My ready is, all right, God, I, I, I wanna, you want me to plant a church? I want to see the building. I want money in the bank. I want a pile of people, and then I'll go preach. It ain't work like that at all, as you see. We have to walk it out, and then he will supply the need. See, a crisis of belief, I want to tell you, is not a catastrophic thing in our life. 
All of us are going to have these crises that we have in our lives. Sometimes I, I have them every day a lot of times. Lord, am I going to believe your word? Am I going to believe your promises? Or am I going to believe what I feel? But, a ter- but it's a turning point to where you must make a decision. You have to decide if you truly believe God's word or not. I have to do it every day. And that's something all of you in this room have to do every day. Either you choose to, to believe God or you refuse to believe God. That's the, that's the adjustment. That's the turning point. And I want you to understand something. That the way you live your life is the testimony of what you believe about God. So, so when somebody at your workplace you know needs to know Jesus, but you keep your mouth shut, then what you're living out is you're saying, I don't believe God is as powerful as I say he is. When somebody's sick in the community and you won't go lay hands on them and pray, you're saying, I don't believe my God is a God that can heal. When we refuse to, to, to forgive our neighbor, we're saying, my God isn't a God that loves. It has everlasting love. You see what I'm saying? The way we live, our testimony of our lives show we believe in God. And we have to adjust our lives so that it lines up with God's, how God says we should live, how God says what God says we should do. If not, what are we doing? We're living a life less, way less than what God has called us to. And you know why it's so important that you understand what you believe about God? Because what you believe about God determines what you do for God. So if you're finding yourself not doing anything to advance the kingdom, then you need to back it up a notch and say, what do I believe about my God? And maybe that's the adjustment you need to make this morning. See, every assignment that God gave Israel required them a new measure of faith. Man, I love that because somebody... you. When you start following Jesus, it's like God try, God puts you in circumstances and situations that you have to depend on him to where you grow more and more and more. I love that song that says, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Y'all know that song? And, and I sing that song to myself every day because I want more of God, but to get more of God means I have to listen to God more. I have to obey God more. I have to adjust my life and follow him more. If you want more of God, then you have to give him more of yourself. And that takes some adjustment. We have to remember, too, like verse 16, a lot of this, it, it, sometimes when we're preaching, and, 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 and I really want you to get the point, like sometimes you walk away feeling condemned, like I ain't never going to get this. this is, I'm, I'm, I'm a failure. Sometimes I preach it and feel that way, like I ain't never going to get this. But you have to remember in verse 16, the Lord looks at him and says, I will be with you. And I will strike down all the Medianites, leaving none alive. And he's like, this big task. But God says, you know what? You may feel overwhelmed at this moment, but I'm going to be with you through the whole process. Church, I want to tell you something. I don't care where you are in your walk with God. I don't care what God's calling you to. I don't know where you feel. If you feel uncomfortable, that's a good thing. But let me tell you something. God's going to be with you through the whole process. What did Jesus tell his disciples? When he left them, he told them, he gave them the great commission. He says, go forward, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and I will be with you to the end of the age. So we have a God that don't just say, go do this, and we'll see you later, brother. We got a God that says, I'm going to send you to this task, but I'm going to be with you every step of the way. Man, that is exciting, Amen. He don't leave us. He don't forsake us. He walks with us. No matter where he's calling you today, no matter what adjustment he's saying that you have to make today, he's going to be with you in that. I don't care where you are along the process. He's with you. No matter if you feel alone, he's right there. So if you feel alone this morning in the process, won't you do this? Just reach out your hand because he's going to grab it. Amen? But a lot of times we got this this mentality, I can do this on my own. I can figure this out on my own. That pride sets in, and we won't reach out and say, God, help me. I play a song at least twice a week in my truck. It's an old, old, old gospel song. It says, I thought that I could make it all on my own. 
I'm probably getting it all messed up, but it says, it says, I thought I could make it all on my own. I thought I could live in life sinking sand, but I can't even walk without you holding my hand. He says, I thought number one would surely be me. Come on, y'all know the song. If I could sing, I'd sing it. But that's the thing. He wants us in a place and he wants every one of you in this room in a place to where you're wanting to walk with him hand in hand every day. That there's nothing that you are doing in your life that he doesn't have to help you in. That's what total dependency of God is. Some of you today, the adjustment that you need to make is depending on God. What have you done in the past six months that you knew that if God wasn't with you, it was going to fall flat? If you were answered that, most of you say, no, nothing. Church, God wants to be a people who make it a lifestyle practice to adjust our lives to where he's calling us, to what he's wanting us to do. See, the last thing is that adjustments are necessary. If you refuse to make adjustments, you will miss out what God has in store for your life. Gideon had to make an adjustment. He had to choose to get out of the of the wine press. He had to choose to believe God no matter that he felt like he was overwhelmed, and yet he went. And God used Gideon in a mighty way to defeat the Midianites. He used him in a mighty, mighty way, but he had to choose to get out from where he was at and get out of his comfort zone and go with God. And some of you have got to make that, that, that decision today to get out of your comfort zone and go where God's calling you to go. Some of you, God's calling you to be a connect group leader one day, but you're like, I will never be able to do that. You know why? Because you're thinking about your own ability and not how God can mold you through the process. Some of you, God's calling you to disciple somebody one-on-one. You're like, I can't do that. Yes, you can. You got God's word. You can do that. There's people in this community that need to know what you have that they don't. And how are they going to know if we don't open our mouth? God's calling us to get out of our comfort zone. If you want to be a disciple, you want to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you have no choice, church. You have no choice. You must leave where you are and follow Jesus. That means when you leave this church, in just a minute, we're going to have have an invitation. You got to choose. Am I going to stay where I am or am I going to choose to walk away from this comfort and I'm going to go where he's calling me? What are you going to do? Until, you re- until you're ready to make a change necessary to follow and obey God, you will be of little use to God. And we always say, we want God to do big things in my life, but we won't take the small steps. So church, I'm asking you, what have you been telling God later on? What have you been giving God excuses on? What is he telling you that you need to adjust in your life today so that you can know him more, so that you can follow him more and that you can be more obedient to God. The the greatest single difficulty that you ever face in following God comes at the point of surrender. When you come to that point to where it's okay, this is where the rubber meets the road. Either I'm going to step and I'm going to walk with God. You know what? I can't swim, but I'm in this boat and God's right there and he's saying, come, am I going to trust that I can't swim or am I going to trust, you know what, I'm going to step out and trust he's going to grab my hand my feet hit the water. God's calling all of us to those moments every single day. When you're at work in the morning, there's going to be somebody that's hard to love. There's going to be somebody that's hard to deal with. Are you going to step out of your boat of comfort and love that person anyway? When you go home from church this morning and, and your spouse gets on your nerves, are you going to step out of that, that normal attitude you have or are you going to treat them like Jesus would treat them? I firmly believe that there will be a lot of men and women saved if, the, if our spouses would truly, truly adjust our lives to follow Christ. It's simple. We have to be the people that God's called us to be. What kind of circumstances, what kind of adjustments are God calling you to make this morning? Is it circumstances? Is it relationships? Is it your thinking maybe? Maybe it's your commitments. Maybe it's your actions. Maybe it's even your beliefs about God. 
Absolute surrender is what Jesus says. Whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. God frequently requires us guys to adjust our lives in certain areas that we were never open to before. What area in your life have you been telling God no on? And that's a good direction that God's saying, that's where I want to go. What you've been telling God no to is exactly where he's saying yes to. Oh God, not there. Oh God, not this. And he's saying yes, yes. I want you to understand something, that God's not trying to make your life difficult, okay? See, when, we're, when God tells us to adjust our life, we have this panic attack, this, oh God, this is, this is horrible, this is the most horrible thing ever. God's out to make my life horrible. He's not out to make your life horrible. But he intends to be the Lord of your life. And if he's going to be the Lord of your life, then you have to give him the control and allow him to do what he sees as fit, not what you think. Maybe that's some of you's first step in changing and directing. Church, I want to tell you that obedience requires adjustment. And if we're going to be people that are known to be obedient to God, then we're, it's going to come with us adjusting our lives and it being a pattern of our life, not something we do every now and then. So where's your step in this? Where are you at in this? Where are you at? I know one thing that God spoke to me while I was getting this together. It's Friday. Friday, I was on a job site. This week has been crazy, trying to get ready for, for holiday stuff. And I was just doing this job for this guy. And I was in Baxley, and I was in a hurry, and it was getting late. And I was like, you know what? This guy walks by. Don't know him from nobody. He come walks by, and he just struck up a conversation with me. And, and as he walked away, I just had this random thought, like, mm, I wonder if that was a God moment. And I just went on back to work. About 30 minutes later, he comes walking back by. And when he walks back by, I, 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 I felt the spirit of God inside of me say, tell him about me. And he kept walking. And I kept looking at my paper and I kept looking at my watch and I looked at my, all my equipment by the highway. And it's like, there's nobody with me to watch my equipment. I can't leave my equipment and go tell this man about Jesus. And he's like, go tell him about me and, and, and the man keeps walking farther and farther and I'm like maybe he'll turn around maybe he'll turn around and the man keeps going and he keeps walking and as soon as he walks out of sight immediately immediately that voice in me says do you truly believe that I can save anyone I want to save and I was like yes God and he said why come you didn't open your because I was more important than that man's eternity. And you know what? I've been walking that condemnation since Friday until this morning God showed me, you know what? We're all going to fail. We're all going to fall short. But sometimes adjustment comes through failure. And when you fail God and you, and you feel the conviction, you feel the, the Holy Spirit and you know that you quench the Holy Spirit. See, when you quench the Spirit, it isn't just you're telling, you're telling God no. It's you're disobeying the Word of God. And I quenched the Spirit on Fair Road in Baxley, Georgia, Friday. And God was telling me that that doesn't matter now. I repented and I followed Him, but it only matters from this moment on. And I vow between you and God and everybody else that listens to this podcast from here to eternity that the next time God tells me that, I will leave my stuff in the middle of the road before I let somebody walk out of my vision. See, guys, this ain't about being perfect. It's about being obedient. And what's God's calling you to do today? Where in your walk with God are you weak at? Where have you been telling God no at? Where has God been blatantly telling you, I want to go here, and you've been saying no? See, the first part of truly knowing that, some of you are sitting in here and you are bewildered. You don't know. You said, I have never heard the voice of God. I've never heard God speak to me. I don't know. What are you talking about? 
See, the first step in obeying God is you got to take that first step of accepting God. Amen? You got to choose Him. You got to choose to follow Him. You got to choose to obey Him. You won't never experience that peace and that satisfaction until you truly choose Jesus over yourself and give your life to Him and surrender your life to Him. Saying, you know what? It's about you. I've done it my way my whole life and it hadn't worked out real good. God, let me, let me, give, you my, let me give you my life and I want to watch you do something with it. Maybe that's you today. And if that's you today, that's, you, don't, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You might have raised your hand one day. You might have said, I want to follow Jesus, but you've never been walking that commitment out. You've never truly surrendered your life to Jesus. If that's you today, you want to give him your life, I just challenge you today. Raise your hand so we can pray with you. We can walk with you through this whole process. I understand some people aren't bold enough to raise their hand, but if God's moving in your heart, and I know that God's moving in somebody's heart because he's been constantly prompting me this whole time, don't leave this place without giving your life to Jesus. I'll be standing over here in this corner. The prayer team will be over here in this corner. If you need prayer, if you need somebody to pray over you, say, I've been struggling and taking this next step, pray with me. We would love to do that. We're fixing to go through a time of worship. We're going to play three songs. We're going to worship the King of Kings. We're going to worship God right now as we close this service out. How you respond to God also shows how much you believe about God. So y'all do business with God, amen? Let's be real, all right? Let's, let's, let's don't be hiding things. Let's don't worry about what our brothers and sisters around us think. Say, search your heart today and say, God, what do I need to adjust? What do I need to change so that I can walk this out more obediently? God, what do I need to do? If y'all will stand with me. Father God, we come to you right now. God, we pray, Lord, that you would, uh, Lord, just move in this, Lord. Help us, God, realize where we need to change. Help us, God, realize the moment in which we need to adjust our lives. God, help us, Lord, be courageous enough to, to admit that we don't have the answers. Help us, Lord, be, a, be courageous enough to, to look fear in the eye and say, my God is greater this morning. Father, I pray that you would help us be a bold and courageous people that step out of our comfort zone every day. That, that Lord, we step out of our rights. Lord, we, we, we step out of our flesh, how we feel. And, Lord, we look to you every day. So, God, I pray that you would move in our hearts, God. If there's people here today that, Lord, that's, that they need to adjust their lives on how they feel, Lord. They need to start giving their feelings to you. God, I pray that they need to adjust their lives on their commitment, Lord. They need to adjust their lives on their time, God. Father, I just pray that you would just move in us and show us, God, and direct us so that when we leave here, God, we are truly your people, giving you 150% of our lives. God, move in us. Show us your glory. In Jesus' name we pray.